Welcome to Jacksonville.Radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Hey, and welcome to North Florida Neighborhood. I'm Colby. And North Florida Neighborhood is all about getting to know our neighbors and hearing what really sweet stuff they're doing with us and and for us in our community. And today we get to chat with Rachel McCandless. She's the Director of Health and Nutrition for Feeding Northeast Florida. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Rachel, we're exiting out of March, which was National Nutrition Month. So, before we kind of get into what nutrition looks like for y'all, can you unravel who Feeding Northeast Florida is? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Feeding Northeast Florida is our region's main food bank. Um, So, any organizations or churches that hand out food for free to low-income populations in our region, chances are the food comes from us. So if you envision like Publix, um, Publix Distribution Center is the warehouse that then sends the food to the public stores. Um, We have much of the same logistics. Feeding Northeast Florida is the distribution center, and then we deliver the food to our agencies, which are like the stores. So that is your food pantries, your um, anywhere where people are giving away food. And where do you guys get the food from? That's a very good question. We, we get the food from wherever we can. You know, we work with local farmers, retailers, uh, food distributors, uh, restaurants. Um, many of uh, most of our local large grocery chains, Publix, Walmart, Winn Dixie, Target, um, all are very generous supplying us with with food. That's what's called um, recovery food. Um, your uh, food service distributors, Cisco, Cheney Brothers, um, that supply the restaurants. Um, we get food from them as well. Um, and so farmers, um, any anywhere we can get food, we try and source it. It's a big puzzle putting it together. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds like across the board, if there's food that you guys can have access to, you take it. Yeah, absolutely. Quality food. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, so, so what's the difference between taking something expired that they're just going to throw away anyways and then having it, like you said, quality? How do you get that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a very good question. I actually used to work in one of our food pantry agencies, so saw this firsthand. Um, when, let's, let's use meat as an example. Okay, so at, say you're at Publix, you're shopping for chicken, you look at the expiration date on the chicken, are you going to choose the one that expires three days from now, or are you going to choose the one that expires next week? Next week. You're going to choose, yeah, you're going to choose the one that expires next week. Well, the folks at Publix, when they're bringing out the chicken that expires next week, they know that you're going to do that. It's human nature. So the chicken that expires in the next three days, they know you're not going to take it, so they immediately put it in the freezer to extend the shelf life. Mm -hmm. And then that chicken is donated to us, which we keep frozen, and then distribute for free to low-income neighbors throughout the eight-county northeast Florida region. So it's just come from Publix. It's frozen to extend the shelf life, and we are able to distribute it for free. Okay. And like you said, it really is a big puzzle. Like, 
figuring out the timeline on foods, where you can get it, when you can get it, and then how quickly you can distribute it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some, something like fresh produce, let's say uh, berries, you know, the uh, berries go bad very quickly. So when when the store gets in new berries, they send us not the old, you know, they're not old berries. They're just not as new. You know, they're kind of middle-aged. You know? And so they send them to us. When we see those things come in, uh, we know we have to get those out quickly. So they have to go out our door and into somebody's hands as soon as possible. I, I think just by you giving us these examples of the chicken and the meat and even the fresh fruit and produce, where is this food going? Now, Now, who is accessible to have this food? That's a very good question. So in, in our region, um, we have one of the higher food insecurity rates in, in the country. Um, food insecurity is when an individual doesn't have reliable access to appropriate nutritious food to feed their families. Um, and key there is reliable. You know, like you're not wondering where your next meal is coming from every day. Many people are. Some people, it's only occasionally. For a lot of people, it's it's just, you know, the end of the month. Uh, my clients are fond of saying there's more month than money. You know, mm. The electric bills do, the rents do. Uh, within this 20% food insecurity rate, it's not just the, the people that we traditionally think of in poor neighborhoods. It's it's your neighbor. You know, you're, we have, there are many folks in our region who are, are, you know, what you can call house poor. You know, all the monies, their resources are tied up in the house and the car and, and kids' tuition and things. And stretching the money for food at the end of the month. Um, there's a lot of folks who what the, are what the United Way terms the Alice population. Asset limited, low income. Asset-limited, income-constrained, employed. These are folks with full-time jobs working who are not making enough money to make it through the month. And an emergency, you know, we all have emergencies. Research shows that most people don't have enough money to afford a $400 emergency payments on something. So you're um, you're working a low-income job, transmission goes out in your car, it's going to be $800. That could realistically knock somebody out of into a really bad situation. Then they can't pay their rent. And so, so, yeah, a lot of people are very close to the line. And so it could be anybody. It's your neighbor. I'm, I'm glad that you clarified what food insecurity means because it's not just people who are homeless. Like, yes, you guys help them, but it's, it's people, everyday neighbors, like exactly like you said, that are working a job and just can't meet their needs or their families. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chances are you know somebody in your family or in your circle or in your neighborhood who is food insecure. Rachel, you mentioned that it's really high here, that that need is super high. Why is it? That That's a really complicated series of factors. Um, there, there's not any one reason why a region would have higher rates of food insecurity. You know, there's there's employment. There's uh, there 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 are historical factors. Um, there are wages. So really, couldn't couldn't put it on any any one thing. Um, it's it it is it's a complicated mess. To to put it lightly. <laughs> 
Yes, to put it to put it lightly, uh, you know, it's it's what they call a wicked problem. Have you ever heard that term? It, uh, a wicked problem is is a problem that is so multifactorial. There are so many different things that go into it that you know when you try and work on one thing, it affects something else, and it's just it's it's like a big tangled ball of yarn. And food food insecurity is one of those problems. Well, we kind of hit on what Feeding Northeast Florida does and what the issue is, food insecurity. So what is your goal with Feeding Northeast Florida? What do you want to accomplish? Our ultimate goal is to not have food insecure people and have our neighbors not be food insecure. (laughs) You know, we advocate for changes in the systemic factors. We, we, yes, we provide food, and that is our main activity. But we also advocate. We, we help people with SNAP assistance, with Medicaid assistance. Uh, we, there, there are so many different pieces of being food insecure that um, you know we try and help our neighbors as as much as we can in in all these different ways. And the advocacy piece, you know, there are um, many. Being able to um, help reduce poverty, reduce food insecurity. Our ultimate goal is to not be needed. Well, we're one of the few industries where if we're successful, we'll put ourselves out of business. I, I appreciate how you shared your goal, but then also, hey, we recognize this is a reality, but this is how we're going to get there. And you said by providing food and then just advocating and letting people know. And so with that, I, I have the privilege of chatting with Rachel McAndalus, the Director of Health and Nutrition for Feeding Northeast Florida. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the program, we're, we're coming out of National Nutrition Month, which was March. So Rachel, how did you guys celebrate that and, and make it known to the community? Oh, absolutely. Um, so w- something that maybe a lot of people don't know is that poverty and food insecurity and poor health go hand in hand. Mm. You know, we are folks who are food insecure are more likely to suffer from nutrition-related chronic diseases, and nutrition-related chronic diseases actually impact people's employability as well. So let's say you, you have a job and, and you have diabetes. If you can't afford to be taking your medications, then you're going to be sick more often, less likely to show up to work, and more likely wow. to lose your job. You know, um, what what we do in Nash- all the time, but specifically during National Nutrition Month, is you know we really strive to provide healthy, nutritious food to our neighbors in need. Um, we we make great strides to source as much fresh produce as possible um, in in our low income neighborhoods, particularly in the food deserts where you may not have a grocery store or don't have transportation to a grocery store. And in those little bodegas, if there is any produce, it's unaffordable. It's very expensive and often of poor quality. So we, we have our wonderful corner market initiative, which is the uh, these 40-foot mobile grocery stores that, that we take into some of our hardest-to-reach, low-income neighborhoods. And they are um, they're set up just like a grocery store. And so the client can come in and shop um, with guided by myself, the registered dietitian, um, or we partner with um, healthcare students from UNF, US. We have interns from Mayo Clinic. So health 
students trained in nutrition shop with the clients. Um, my staff is specially trained to shop with the clients as well, learning um, what's appropriate to choose if you have diabetes, hypertension. These markets are stocked with 70% healthy products, and um, we are so fortunate to be able to, on these markets, tell the clients when they're standing in front of this big rack full of fresh fruits and vegetables, we can tell them, go ahead and take as much fresh produce as you need. Mm. Getting fresh fruits and vegetables into these neighborhoods is, is huge. It, it's so cool that not only are you providing the food, which is great, but you're also providing the knowledge of, hey, I think this would pair well with this, given this difficulty you're facing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, so if we have uh, one of the common ones is eggplants. You know, we will have eggplant on the market and not a lot of people know how to cook it or know what to do with it, or maybe you have not seen it before. And so, you know, our staff can talk to people about, oh, you know what, hey, this is how you can cook it. I cook this way, or, you know, we provide recipes as well. So, and since the food is free, people are more likely, you know, to take a chance on it. Mm. Hey, you know, because you're not risking anything. And so here's a recipe, here's the eggplant, you know, and yes, we're really, my mom laughs at me, she says, you know, we have this huge program just to get people to eat their vegetables. Pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, that like very summed up. A PSA show summed up. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, Rachel, so what does it look like to live a healthy lifestyle from your perspective when it's integrated within feeding Northeast Florida? Other than eating our vegetables. Um, yeah, other than eating your vegetables. Um, so, you know... Nutrition is is so interesting, and, and so many people are interested in nutrition, but there's so much misinformation out there these days, you know, all kinds of, you know, conflicting fad diets, you know, oh, eat no carbs, oh, eat no fats, oh, eat nothing but fat, you know, <laughs> you know it's, 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 it's hard to navigate, mm-hmm. really, and, and when you learn about the science, and, and what we really know about nutrition. Um, what we really know about nutrition are the concepts of balance, variety, and moderation. It's, it's, it's real nutrition is not sexy. It's, it's mm. eat your vegetables. It's, it's eat um, a, a, a balance of foods. So cutting out any one food group is, is just as detrimental to long-term overall health and weight well-being as overeating any one food group. So, you know, the, the my plate method is, is, is very simple, but it actually works. So a little bit of carbs, a little bit of protein, mostly fruits and vegetables, mostly plants, uh, a little bit of healthy fats, and it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be superfoods or, you know, some some miraculous expense, expensive food that they discovered in the Amazon. You know, actually, many of our common foods have more nutrients and, um, you know, the, I always, people ask me, what are the best foods to eat? And say, the fruits and vegetables to eat? And I say, they're the ones that you will eat, the ones you can access, the ones you can afford. You know, apples, bananas, broccoli. Um, so balance, variety, we want to choose a variety of colors. And so this, this is one of the ways that food insecurity intersects with poor health, because in these food insecure neighborhoods, they don't have access to a lot of mm-hmm. produce. 
a lot of variety of produce. And so that's where you get your greens, your reds, your yellows. Um, you get a lot of nutrients in there. A lot of these compounds that are shown to be, you know, protective of so many different things, cancer, um, mental decline, heart disease, uh, diabetes. So eating that variety of colors and, and moderation, which goes back to what I said about balance, you know, not, not too much. You know, um, a uh, something that I'm fond of telling my patients is no one food item should be bigger than your hand. So you know, the the thirty ounce porterhouse steak mm. is maybe a little bit too much. You know? <laughs> no, no one one thing other than vegetables because vegetables are so low calorie and high fiber. Um, those are those are free, but you know, so a, a steak is not necessarily off limits. You, know, you don't want to have that every day because of the you know the saturated fat and risk of heart disease. But a steak every now and again, smaller than the size of your fist, is is no problem. You know, it's what we do every day that matters, not what we do on any one day. Putting the fruits and vegetables out into the community, we're really making that difference. And I love how you debunked so many myths just by saying, first of all, it doesn't have to be expensive. And then second of all, these fad diets, in in the end, they don't work. Everything is in moderation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and getting this point across to our low-income neighbors mm. is is really helpful when when some when people understand that you don't have to be spending all this money on on superfoods or fad things you know you can eat healthy by what you have access to in your neighborhood in your grocery store and if we don't physically have access to it how can we get a hold of feeding northeast florida to get get these foods well, we, other than these corner markets, we do not distribute food directly to clients. Mm-hmm. We distribute to our agency partners, um, a, a network of over the eight counties network of, we have multiple food pantries, we have standalone food pantries, many different distribution methods. Uh, we provide snack packs in schools. Um, so the best way to find um, where to get food is to look in your neighborhood for your organization, um, you know, your local church, your food pantry. You can go to our website, feedingnefl.org, and you can find a listing of our agencies that distribute food. Okay, and, and I just want to kind of debunk another myth. You guys do so much for our community, but I want to know how does Feeding Northeast Florida differ from other food banks? We are we are the the people that are in the community. We are working to touch our, our neighbors. Mm-hmm. For us, it's really it's about a whole lot more than food. It is it is really about being there for our neighbors. Our our vision, you know, we we try and bring dignity to the act of receiving food assistance where where possible. You know, we we it's it's not about just providing a whole lot of food. It's it's really about helping. It's about the compassion. It's it's about providing those additional services. We we are here for our community. What do you mean when you use the phrase providing dig- dignity? I would have never put two and two together. So what's that look like to you all? Um, so oftentimes, 
you know, it's it's nobody goes to wait in a food line voluntarily. Nobody mm. wants to to get food assistance. It's 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 a, it's humiliating for mm. for people to admit that they need the help. Oftentimes, um, and we know that. And so we, whether it is you know a a, a smile and and a touch on the shoulder. Uh, and a listening ear, you know, having somebody to just listen to your story is is huge. Um, you know, we we often we have um, our client choice food pantries, which are environments where someone can shop in a grocery store like environment. Um, we try and provide choice to the client as much as possible. Um, you know, we we really take into take into account the individual situation and and try and provide our services with compassion as much as possible and an an understanding that that could be any one of us Mm. waiting in line. We we try and take the shame out of it as much as we can. After you've expressed all that you've been able to do for the community, Rachel, what can we do for Feeding Northeast Florida? What do you need from your neighbors? You know, and everything that we do, we, we couldn't do it with the, without the support of all of our neighbors throughout the region, without the support of our community. Um, if, if you're able to, volunteer. We have volunteer opportunities. You can sign up for um, on our website. Donate. You know, uh, a, uh, a client of mine is fond of saying we all have different things we can give. Some have time, some have talent, and some have treasure. Mm. If you have time and talent, volunteer, advocate, you know, be a voice for for hunger, for those who are in need in our region. Um, if, if you don't have time or talent but you have treasure, donate. You know, we are always, um, sometimes we need to purchase foods. And we, we, so you can access all of that from our website. Um, Volunteering for just an hour can can help provide the, so many meals for our neighbors in need. Um, you can host a food drive in your neighborhood or in your office. Um, if you if you donate financially for each dollar donated, we can provide about six meals. Wow! Um, if you yeah, that's for a dollar. You know, we, we are a very efficient organization. Um, if if you want to advocate, you know, tell your tell your local representatives we need to make hunger relief a priority. Everyone deserves to have their most basic needs met. And remember, it's not just the people you stereotypically think about on television. It's your neighbors. Mm. It's, it's it's people that you know who are hungry. And if you want more information, our website is feedingnefl.org, and there are plenty of plenty of information on ways to get involved there. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for all you're doing for our neighborhood, and thank you for being such a great neighbor. Uh, absolutely. It is, it is my pleasure. I am honored to be in a position to, to be of help to, to so many people who really deserve the help we can give. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Listen again next week, and if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby King at Colby, C-O-L-B-I, at jacksonville.radio.
As a business owner, it's top priority that my office equipment and technology is top notch. That's why I work with CFX Office Technology. Charlene here, do you have reliable copiers and printers along with a secure scanning and document management solution? Call my friends at CFX Office Technology. CFX is a family business here in Jacksonville. They're helpful, professional, and always respond super fast to any issue. Trust me, call them for your business needs. Visit cfxoffice.com, cfxoffice.com, and tell them Charlene sent you. Transmission problems? Call Action Transmission Specialists on Merrill Road, where you get the work done right the first time by the experts. I'm Robin Sidbury, the owner. Our techs can service all makes and models, and we provide a nationwide warranty so you have the peace of mind knowing we solve your transmission troubles fairly and honestly and guaranteed nationwide. Call us at Action Transmission Specialist on Merrill Road, where quality counts. Get traction. Call Action at 744-0755. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish is... It's pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive, bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? No matter your learning style or experience level, Babbel has lessons designed for you that will get you speaking quickly and confidently. I tried learning Spanish before, but I couldn't stick with it until I found Babbel. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now we speak Spanish. I can't wait to use our new language skills on our upcoming adventures. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code FILL for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code FILL for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code FILL.
to Jacksonville.radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Welcome to North Florida Neighborhood. I'm Colby, and North Florida Neighborhood is all about getting to know our neighbors and just hearing what really cool stuff they're doing with us and for us in our community. And today, the neighbor we get to chat with is Aubrey Simpson Gotham. She's the founder of Fostering Connections. Aubrey, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Colby. So, Aubrey, give me a rundown on what Fostering Connections is all about. Fostering Connections uplifts children and youth impacted by foster care or childhood trauma by providing needed essentials, educational programs, and community connections. So you said needed essentials. Like what? When kids are in foster care or have been through trauma, they often come into care or into their program with very little things. Uh, So the needs that we focus on are basic essentials, things like beds, bedding, clothing, uh, educational tools like laptop computers, especially the last year and a half. There's a lot of students that have needed laptops for schoolwork, uh, school supplies and backpacks during the back-to-school season. And then we also have our enrichment side in which we sponsor kids to go to summer camp during the summertime, uh, help with hobby lessons like dance lessons, and also during the holidays, making sure that they have holiday gifts to open. So you just named a lot of things that you guys do for the fostering kids. Now, can anybody who's in the foster system hack into this? Yes. Any uh, children in foster care or in home, uh, get receiving in-home services can and benefit from our services. We serve kids that are placed in or are from St. John's County, Putnam County, Flagler County, and Volusia County. And is there any reason you would say, hey, no, you don't really fit our criteria? The only things that we're not able to help with are medical needs okay. uh, due to our insurance liabilities. And we're not doctors, so we, we leave uh, med- medical needs to the doctors and we refer families to healthcare foundations that can help assist with those things. Now, tell me a little bit about the educational tools and like the educational side of things you all do for the fostering families. Yes, uh, we support not just with educational tools, but also our education programs. Our education programs primarily focus on career and college readiness, life skills, and in art enrichment. So we offer a monthly arts program in which kids come and do an art class each month. And uh, this past May, we were able to have the kids' art displayed in the rotunda of the St. John's County Administrative Building. So that was a great opportunity for for them to share their stories and their art with our community. Uh, We have a Career Readiness Academy in partnership with the Kookaburra Coffee. They're a coffee shop based in St. John's County. Oh, and my favorite. Come, yes, it's, it's amazing. My favorite, too. Uh, and the kids come to Kookaburra to learn all of the essential skills that they need to secure a job, how to apply for a job, resume writing, interview skills, 
customer service, working with team members, budgeting. And then once they graduate that program, they're placed in an internship in an area that interests them, and they receive a stipend for their internship, job coaching, and soft skills classes for them to continue to grow in in their skills. Uh, And we're continuing to expand our life skills classes, budgeting, cooking, and we're excited to bring those classes back in the spring. And why is something like having your art displayed at a museum or having that one-on-one contact at Kookaburra, why is that so helpful for these students and these kids? It is a great opportunity for the kids to develop their self-expression, their creativity uh, for the arts program. And then for the career and college readiness, uh, many of the kids, because of their coming into foster care and the different things that they're going through, they may have missed some of those skills and those types of skills aren't always taught in schools anymore. Uh, And when the kids, especially if they're aging out of foster care, uh, they have many challenges if they don't get those Mm -hmm. college and career readiness skills. Only 3% of foster youth nationally go on to earn a bachelor's degree or to go to training. So uh, we really try to focus with our students to make a plan for their future and help them get on track to either go to college or technical college so they're able to earn a stable income and achieve economic self-sufficiency. Do you find that you kind of cut off the generational curse in a sense? Like, hey, if we help these kids where they're at, then they won't have kids of their own and it's just a whole cycle? Absolutely. We want to help break that cycle uh, and and through that is through our holistic care for the students. So making sure they have their college and career readiness, that they're taking care of their mental health and their physical health and they know how to cook a healthy meal for themselves and uh, maintain a budget. Those are all, all the skills together are just important Uh, for them to develop their whole self. And can you kind of explain the background that a lot of these kids come from? Yes, most of our kids that come into care have been through some type of trauma or abuse, uh, many different types of abuses. They've witnessed domestic violence, and they've been through many challenges in their life. Uh, Kids in foster care have experienced trauma about five times uh, the national population, and that's including combat soldiers that have been in the military. So our kids have been exposed to a lot of trauma, but through meaningful relationships with adults and getting mentorship and support with career and college readiness and life skills, receiving the basic essentials that they need, they can heal from the trauma that they've experienced. Yeah, and you said that that trauma is five times as much as anybody else. So what do you find is the most common thing they need? The most common thing that they need is that whole person approach. You need They need counseling, but they also need support with life skills and with their education and with their um, planning their future and making sure that they're getting enrichment opportunities. Uh, that whole person approach is the best way for them to heal and achieve their goals in life. And so with that, I feel like you need to have have good foster parents that are seeking out these resources for them. So what exactly does a foster parent do? Yes, foster parents are, are a very important part of our kids in foster care's journey. Foster parents 
play the role of everyday parents. They're um, going to the parent-teacher conferences. They're taking them to medical appointments. They go to court dates. And they're uh, in charge to make sure that they're looking at all of their needs and making sure that they're filled, uh, maintaining a relationship with their biological family when appropriate, uh, and making sure that they're following their plan to ensure that they're achieving their goals uh, so they're ready for their next steps in life. And for someone like me who's not any type of parent at all, all of that sounds so overwhelming. So what does the perfect foster parent look like to you guys? Well, a a foster parent is a a parent that is a great parent and is willing to take on the role of being a foster parent because, as you said, Mm -hmm. it it is an immense responsibility. Uh, So the foster parents that we work with, they're, you know, really compassionate people. They're understanding. They're creative in that they come up with creative solutions to help the, the kids and they advocate for the kids and uh, ensuring that what they're receiving, the services they're receiving, and the relationships in their life are, are the best they can be. Aubrey, you use the, the phrase, the foster parents we work with. So does that mean fostering connections serves the parents just as much as it does these kids? Absolutely. We work very closely with our foster parents. Uh, we get referrals from our local foster care agency, but we work closely with foster parents when their children are in our career readiness program or if they come to us with essential needs that the kids need. Uh, we do not do any type of licensing or case management, but we get referrals from the agency and our local foster parents uh, that need our services. And then what kind of support do you provide for these parents? We provide that support provide support through providing needed essentials. Mm. We assist with the holiday party that the foster parents host every year. We uh, host a back-to-school bash for the foster parents. So primarily our, our services for the foster parents are providing those needed essentials and support with any educational needs that the youth may have. You said holiday parties, which is crazy because the holidays like are coming up fast. So what kind of holiday things do we have to look forward to with Fostering Connections? We uh, help our local foster parents with hosting their annual holiday party. And uh, some needs that we always have for the holiday party are sponsoring individual kids uh, to provide holiday gifts. Uh, sometimes we also partner with local businesses to um, provide activities at the holiday party. Uh, so any folks that may be interested in sponsoring children or helping with the holiday party can contact me directly and I can best connect them to how to support. And is this something you do both for Thanksgiving and Christmas? We have the holiday party for Christmas. Uh, at Thanksgiving, we've had uh, local churches and businesses sponsor Thanksgiving baskets for families. So if any family, any businesses or families want to support families during Thanksgiving, they can contact us directly also for ways to help. Again, I have the privilege of chatting with Aubrey Simpson Gotham. She's a founder for Fostering Connections. And Aubrey, we just got done chatting about the holiday programs you offer. Um, but 
But then what other events do you have upcoming? Uh, coming up on November 6th in Nocatee, we're having our inaugural Foster Friends 5K. It is going to be an amazing fundraiser to support fostering connections, essentials, and education programs. It is on November 6th at 8 a.m. in Nocatee. Uh, Anderson Realty is our title sponsor. Uh, it's going to be a great, wonderful, you can walk, run, jog, bring the baby stroller. We also have a fun run for the kids following the 5K. Uh, there's also a virtual option if you're not able to come that day or just aren't ready for events at this time. Uh, it's $30 for the 5K. It is tw- it is uh, $20 for the fun run and $40 for the virtual run. All participants get a t-shirt and a glittery finisher's <laughs> medal. It's going to be a, a fantastic race. After the race, we'll have snacks and, and little bubbles and chalk for the kids. Uh, it's going to be a great inaugural race to support our local kids in care and really uplift them, especially during this holiday season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're so excited to watch this event grow year after year. We're so appreciative of our wonderful sponsors this year for supporting the race. Uh, there's still plenty of time to register uh, sponsorships. Uh, the deadline is Friday, so there's still time to sponsor. There are many ways to support our upcoming 5K. And as we go out and support, what is the money going towards when it comes to this run? Uh, this the, mon- the funds from this run are going to go towards those essential items, so like the laptops for the teenagers and beds for kids and summer camp scholarships for kids, our education programs like our career readiness, our, our life skills classes, like our cooking classes. The funds raised from the 5K will support those programs. So it's going to go to support the essential um, just needs across the board. And with that, Aubrey, what are you hoping we walk away with after doing this 5K? I hope every participant walks away from the 5K feeling uplifted and empowered. Uh, The name of our race is Foster Friends, and I invite our community to bring your friends to uplift the children impacted by foster Mm. care or childhood trauma. I want all of our kids in care to know that they're not alone, that the community is here to support them, and we are their foster friends. We're here to help and give support. I want every person to leave the race feeling uplifted and ready to help a child in their community. Outside of racing and in all of this, how can we show our support and serve our foster friends? Absolutely. Uh, there are many opportunities to give support um, through becoming a regular donor, sponsoring one of our events, uh, donating backpacks and school supplies or uh, holiday gifts during the holiday season. Um, Periodically throughout the year, we have groups that create little art kits or um, help with our care packages. So there's many opportunities to give support throughout the year. And I, I love just hearing success stories of how different organizations are able to change people's lives. So do you have any of those, Aubrey, you're able to share with us? Absolutely. We had a youth that had aged out of foster care and um, he was in a just a tough position. He didn't have a vehicle. It was hard for him to get to work. Uh, and he was, you know, just at a real point of frustration. And uh, he really needed a car. That was something he really needed. So we reached out to our community and our donors. And uh, we had a donor that gave a donation towards him purchasing a car. And he had saved some funds. Uh, and then we 
happened to connect with a community member that was not able to drive anymore and had a wonderful, gently used vehicle. Oh, my gosh. And he he ended up giving it to that (gasps) youth because he was just so, you know, inspired by him and his story. And uh, that day, the the smile on his face was just uh, unforgettable, just incredible. And after he got that car, now he's got his own apartment. He has a job and is working towards his future. So it's just amazing how that one thing, giving the car, and then because he had got that car donated, the other funds that the donor gave went to another youth. So we were able Mm -hmm. to purchase, help youth purchase two cars, which was amazing. So it's just amazing how that one thing, just having that vehicle, getting that just helped him gave him a lot of hope and also helped him achieve his goals. I think it's interesting that kids in a classroom, like they're not able to tell whether or not their classmate is in the foster care system. No, they're not. In With kids in, in foster care, uh, foster care cases are private. So um, no one, you know, always, mm-hmm. people don't always know when a child is in foster care for their privacy. Um, and so with that, I just want to circle back a little bit, Aubrey, and remind us what programs that Fostering Connection offers in case we're in need or know somebody that's in need. Fostering Connections provides needed essentials that focus on basic needs, educational tools, and enrichment opportunities. And we also provide educational programs, including college and career readiness academies, life skills training, and monthly arts programs. And again, you said like the the college and career is so important because only 3% of the foster youth end up earning a degree. Yes. It is very important that college and career readiness is so crucial. We've had many success stories with our career readiness program. We had a student that was adopted from foster care, working through previous trauma, and his dream was is to become a veterinarian. And we were able to get his him an internship at a local animal hospital, and he has just blossomed since being in our program. He's getting great grades in school. He has a part-time job and is so excited to plan for his future. Hmm. And now tell us again, that's, that's all the programs you offer. Now tell us again what we have to look forward to uh, with Fostering Connections. We have our Foster Friends 5K coming up on November 6th. Uh, we also are the beneficiary of the Holly Jolly Shopping Spree on November 20th in downtown St. Augustine, uptown St. Augustine. We have our holiday party coming up in December for our foster families. And then in the spring, we'll be having another session of career readiness and our life skills classes. So there's plenty of opportunities in the spring to volunteer and mentor youth. Uh, We're always looking to connect with volunteers. We're also looking for volunteers to help chair our special events next year, our Night of the Arts and our Foster Friends 5K. So if you have a passion for event planning and supporting kids in care, we would love to connect with you. So aside from volunteering, Aubrey, what does it look like for us to be helpful neighbors? Absolutely. There's so many different ways to help uh, through um, providing gifts at the holidays, back to school, school supplies, also um, volunteering at events like our Career Readiness Academy, helping kids writing their resume and with interview skills, um, and remembering us in your yearly giving, uh, Mm -hmm. especially with those essential items. It's very difficult to get grant funding for those types of things, but things like a laptop computer 
year or summer camp scholarships really help enrich our kids in care and impacted by trauma, their educational experiences. And if we want to help or if we need help, what is the best way to reach out to y'all? You can reach out to us uh, on our website, fosteringconnectionsstjohns.org. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram and Instagram or on both platforms. And you can also send us an email at fosteringconnectionsstjohns at gmail.com. Okay, well, Aubrey, thank you so much for all you do and for being such a great neighbor in our neighborhood. Thank you, Colby. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Listen again next week. And if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby King at Colby, C-O-L-B-I, at Jacksonville.radio.